All right, what up? Welcome to episode 59 of the Dwelling Podcast. I'm Stuart Anderson, and on this episode, we interview and talk to Kristen Anderson, my wife, team leader, yellow jersey wearer. We're grateful for her and thankful for Janie Bowen, who also joins me. Uh, it was a great interview where you get to meet Kristen, learn her backstory, a little bit about who she is, how she came onto the team, and specifically how she moved from an incredible soccer career uh, into cycling. So very grateful for her and thankful for the advice she shares about our kids, our family, how she approaches training, and specifically how she approaches uh, riding with the team. You know, there's very few and far between the ladies who are on the team, and it's fun to hear her and Janie's perspective on how they interact with all the men. So grateful for them and thankful for the time they spent. Big shout out to Corby and CyclingUpgrades.com for sponsoring 10 team members to participate in East Canyon Road Race. CyclingUpgrades.com covered the race fees for those racers. So super grateful for Corby, his uh, sponsorship of the team, and especially just how involved he is in making this group better. So big love to Corby. Finally, we've got some kits on order. They are on their way from Volet, although we haven't set a date yet for kit pickup. This will be our final final kit pickup of the year. But uh, we've got this last order coming in. should be around the end of August that we're going to uh, find a time and place to distribute those. We also have some new hats, fresh socks, uh, so we'll get you set away for the last races of the season. Anyway, grateful for all of you, thankful for our listeners, and hopefully you enjoy this episode. All right, bye. All right, what up? Welcome. Episode 59, I was told by Charles yesterday, I can't believe how many you've done. And I said, I agree. What an incredible collection of, I don't even know, are we excited about episode time? 50? Time. Yeah, time. time. Thank you. So much I'm, time. I'm joined by two beautiful women, uh, Janie Bowen, Kristen Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're grateful to have uh, both of you here. I know time is a very precious commodity when you are a mother in your third trimester <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> Janie's joining us live Jake's, from Sun Valley. Jake's yeah. Spot. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, Kristen has a bone to pick with the last episode. If you scrub your way to minute 39, uh, we're going to just challenge everyone to kind of start there at the Kirby podcast, scrub the minute 39, and maybe you're going to hear something, right, babe? You might. If that she right. believes is a fart. Mm -hmm. I, I don't buy it. I, I didn't hear it in the recording. No, I heard it. And the, everybody else has heard it. You did too hear it. I mean, I've heard it now. It wasn't me. Oh, when well, you, when you, yeah. maybe it was me. I don't know. Anyway, scrub the minute 39, see what happens. We're going to take a poll and then gonna it's going to be like fart or no fart. <laughs> I don't know what is going to be given, but this episode is already off to a real, <laughs> real winner. <laughs> I promise not to fart in my episode though. Do it. I already challenged I've, Janie. I've already challenged Kristen to do Janie it. Janie already has. So Sneak it awesome. in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So um, these two, very fun. Uh, we share a neighborhood and uh, grateful for not only our time as teammates, but also just as friends. I have an incredible amount of gratitude for Janie as she supported Kristen last year at Lodija. Like we went from really good friends to, I don't even know Janie what is going to next level. Yeah. We, next, I mean, and even, even John Olson and I took that yes. next step by yes. sharing a room <laughs> oh, with Brandon. Right. 
with Brandon. In Logan. Oh my gosh. Maybe John was party. So anyway, um, very incredible year last year. That was so fun to have you guys support her. And uh, that was fun. That's why I thought it'd be fun to have you on to, I I didn't want to do it alone. Um, You have to have our number one fan there. Yes. Yes. Mm So I pulled her background from the yellow jersey nomination, which I wrote. Um, I'll read that. And um, if you don't know Kristen, that we're going to interview her today. And uh, that's it. Okay. Since 1984, Miduele has always had a strong group of male riders. But for several years now, Kristen has not only blazed her way through every dark, early, cold morning with the men's training team, but she's also become as strong as the group. Kristen has also been a gateway to bring in on new female riders and growing the Miduele team. Uh, over the last two years, I should say three years, we've had three female Miduele racers on the podium at Lodija. And in the same vein, she now helps drive new young riders, female riders in the high school mountain bike programs. Kristen's a major part of day-to-day operations of the Miduele team. I don't know if that's by choice. Uh, that's just... <laughs> Sorry, babe. Uh, From designing kits to hosting kit pickup to planning team rides to attending all team rides. She does it all. Uh, She calls this group of cyclists family. She's kind but gritty. I like that. Competitive but also compassionate. She's been instrumental in the growth and success of our team culture. She brings balance and a leveled head to a sometimes rambunctious actions of her group. That was a kind way of saying you just talk the idiots off the ledge. Very much so. I don't know if I actually do. Her perspective and strength are an example to all those who ride with her. Simply put, she's the epitome of what Miduele represents in every way on and off the bike. And for that reason, her team awarded her the yellow jersey. Very good. Thank you. Jeannie, anything to add there? Uh, Buckle up, guys. This this is one (laughs) badass chick who I am a big fan of. So I am... I'll try not to fangirl too hard throughout this podcast, but Kristen oh is forced to be reckoned with. Oh my gosh, that was oh so gosh. good. Babe, um, let's talk about your early sports. Could you just uh, just give everybody a little background on um, early <clears throat> life, involvement with soccer, high school, um, just kind of how you're so athletic. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Um, well, from as early as I can remember, if it didn't happen outside, I didn't want to do it. So like growing up as a kid, I was outside. If it was nice, that's what I was doing. It was baseball, soccer, basketball, biking, rollerblading. That's what I wanted to do. If it was dolls, I wasn't in. So it's just kind of always been what I have been drawn to. So as a kid, I played all the things until I think maybe like fourth grade, I found soccer. Um, and that just, that was it. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, so I did that passionately, probably until my thirties, until time was no longer really efficiently spent doing that activity, but, um, played competitive high school, and then an amateur women's league and indoor in my 20s, 30s. So, yeah. Yeah, we got to dive in just a little there. Okay. <laughs> Explain to women who don't know what you're talking about what it means to be on a mom's soccer team. Uh, like, 
that was an intense part of our early marriage. Um, so just picture returned collegiate athletes slash um, <clears throat> moms that just played the sport and just wanted something to continue to do um, kind of after that career was over. So we put together a team of girls that I either played high school with um, and then friends of those girls. And so some of those girls, you know, they, they played all over the country in college ball. And so we really kind of got ourselves a nice little stack team and we mm -hmm. played a full field outdoor 90 minute every week. We practiced at least once a week and played indoor all winter. So it was very fun. Yeah. Ain't no Mamsy Pamsy rec league. It was, <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. <laughs> but then, but then you'd play those games and then you'd go off you play at night and we do indoor with like Mexican leagues and flipping indoor. I mean, it was, it was. Co-ed leagues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that gets to a point where you play at 1030 at night, you get yeah. home at 1130 at night, and then you're all jacked up on Mountain Dew and there's no going to bed till two. Yeah. You pound, if you pound one of those bangs right before a game, you're not going I mean, to sleep. You know, like, you know, two babies in with, indoor it kind of just got to this point with me that as much as I loved it it was just so hard to play late mm -hmm. get up in the morning I mean yeah okay so yeah, uh, lessons learned that you remember memories from those things like what did you take out of all that early sports scene you know as a kid I really didn't play competitive sports so like I played just your typical you know green and blue reversible jersey soccer until uh, one summer, one of the girls on my team called me and said, uh, Olympus high school tryouts are today. So I rode my bike up mm -hmm. and I tried out for what the high the school What was the bike? Kind of stinky? Know. Oh, okay. Probably. I wish. <laughs> uh, and I just kind of showed up and I tried out and I made that team. And then it wasn't until I made that team as a freshman that I then went on off season to play. Like, Got it a Firebirds competitive team. So, and you coached I and I coached, mm -hmm. um, I think I played sports because I loved it. And that was all there was to it as a kid. And then it sort of just morphed into, um, that passion just drove like the higher intensity, higher level play. So I guess what I learned would be <clears throat> to do what you love. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't know. I, it, I think that being on a team and, and working hard is super important, but at the end of the day, it comes down to like the choices that you're making. Is that something that's making you happy? Like, are you being fulfilled by that? And then is it also pushing you to be better? And are the people around you pushing you to be better? I mean, I think that's what I kind of took away from, from all of it, you know, like showing up to a high school team is, I mean, yeah. Well, it was intense. Yeah, Olympus High School was three time state champions. Yeah, so right. I showed up. Yeah. They had just won their second title. Yeah. And um, I'd never played competitive ball. So, you know, it was overwhelming and a little intense. But those those girls taught me a lot about working hard, but working together to like accomplish a really big goal. So 
Why don't yeah. you expose Chris Corbis now for all the hazing that he did? Just kidding. Mm. That's not. I'm mm. just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Janie, any follow up questions for Kristen's uh, childhood? I just want to. I want to know what position she played. I always played in the midfield, mostly outside, like the right wing position. So I ran more than anybody should ever run, but that's just what I loved. Mm, that's a gritty position. Yeah, love it. Okay, very good. Um, any uh, any background on your family? You want to talk about them at all? Um, I don't like know. I, I think that the scenario in which that you were required to participate in youth sports kind of on your own was a special part of your upbringing, meaning there was no like mommy, daddy babysitting you to do sports. Truth. Yeah. Um, so my parents, uh, my parents divorced when I was in <clears throat> maybe third grade, fourth grade. So I had a single mom who worked eight to eight. Um, and you know, when, when soccer became a big deal to me, it was, I mean, I had to get myself there end of story. So practice after school, I just stayed at school until practice started. Um, in junior high, I had to walk from junior high to wherever practice was to get there. And then in high school, I mean, I don't know how the girls put up with me, but I bummed a lot of rides. <laughs> and luckily I had a lot of, of older girls willing to like tote me around so that I could get there because there was just no way that my mom could get me there. Yeah. And so, um, that was huge. Like I had a lot of support just from the team that I played on. And then, <clears throat> you know, with, with competitive sports, I had to pay for a lot of that myself. So it's definitely a thing that, like I said, it's when you love something like you're going to find a way to make it happen. So yeah. I think I, that definitely helped me um, kind of just like it's that self-motivation, you know, like I was outside by myself doing it. I was practicing it. I was getting myself to it. And it was just because I loved it. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's you... so that's so interesting to learn about you because I view you as a mom that is so heavily involved in her children's sports and coaching and cheering and not missing a single moment of that and so that probably just makes you appreciate it that much more but I just love that aspect of your kind of care with your children yeah I definitely look at it like I know that my mom wanted to be there she couldn't mm -hmm. and so for me it's like I'm not they're not doing any of it without me because I'm going to be at all the things um yeah and that's just because I can be, it's like a luxury, you know, to, to be able to be involved, to be able to be in a position to take the time to coach and, and just be there for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you would pay for soccer. Yeah. Fund it yourself. So yeah, soccer, gerbos. Those are the two things you had to have. No, gerbos came like. Jankos? No, no. Way down. Okay. Okay. Do you remember how we got involved in riding bikes? I'd like to hear it from you. Okay, so funny. Um, I was thinking about this, actually. When we first got <laughs> married, even, I, I remember that you and I bought, I don't even know why we did it, but we went and we bought mountain bikes at Aria. Yeah, yeah. And they sat in our garage. I honestly, I think I rode it on the road maybe one time. I, didn't, I remember yeah. when we sold them, I was like, no, these, I don't that think have dumb. ever been ridden on yeah. dirt. 
So that was like first attempt fail. And then after we had Ava, you and me, and then Jameson Rice and his wife decided like, let's do a triathlon. Yeah. So we started training and running was kind of my bag. Like I, that's all I did to train for soccer. I was like, I've got the running thing down and I would swim, but I just didn't have a bike. It was just like, I didn't own a bike. So I was like, okay, well that'll, I'll be fine with that. I'll do that last. <laughs> I'll just borrow a bike when the day shows up. And, uh, that's kind of what I did. I mean, I trained, I ran, I, I swam. And then, like, honestly, this is a real story, Janie. Like, I honestly think three days, maybe, me the, week, the week of the first triathlon that we did, I called my friend, Stephanie Peterson. And I was like, dude, I don't have a bike. Do you have a bike? And she's like, oh yeah, I've got this, you know, it's like an REI co-op road bike. And I was like, well, can I borrow it? I'll Does it have brakes? Yeah. I remember riding it around our neighborhood. This is so amazing. I rode it like to the S curve and then mm -hmm. like looped back down by Olympus High and then back home. And I was like, that's yeah, good. Like six miles. I bet it was I like, it worth it. Like it'll be good. fine. Oh it's fine. Um, but I'll tell you, I remember of all the three disciplines, the bike was the worst. Like mm. it was the hardest. It was like such a different pain than I was used to. And it was really hard mentally to manage that. Like for me, it was like, nope, <laughs> no. So I didn't actually fall in love with the bike at that point. Like I kind of was like, I will do this. I will suffer through this portion for the race. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I remember you had that coach that got hit by that car up on foothill. Remember her? Yeah. She did, was like a swim coach at yeah. sports mall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was great. And then, uh, you bought that black, we bought that black specialized. And then you, you got into it first. I feel like you bought that. you you asked for that white one from your dad for your birthday. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, well, you're not doing it without me. Yeah. I and then, do you remember how we became involved with me dwelle? Let's hear that story. Do you remember that? Um, we moved into the neighborhood mm -hmm. and you were writing with the faint Kowser group mm -hmm. in the mornings. And I wasn't really writing, like I wasn't consistently writing. Um, I, I, I believe that you just would run into chip. Like you That's would just it. be in the There's same chip. place at the same time. And it's like, yep. why am I always seeing I'm this always guy? This handsome man. And you're like, do you remember Spencer chipping from high school? I'm like, Holidays yeah. Dilf. The guy, the guy with the hair. The yeah. guy with the hair. I'm like, yeah, I do. I went because you went to Crestview too. Anyway, so that's kind of I feel like how it started. You just kept running into Chip. Yeah, Chip brought a Miduele jersey and kit over to my house before we climbed Haleakala the first time. He's dropped it off. He was like, "Here, have this." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'm on a team now." Wait, what year was this? Uh, like maybe 2011. It would have been maybe like our 10 year anniversary when we did that, yeah. when we did the Haleakala thing. Yeah. So you yeah. weren't really riding bikes, but you decided that you guys should ride Haleakala. Well, Stu had been riding consistently. I would say that I was, so <laughs> Ava was probably, how old would she have been? Three or four. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just sort of riding in like a leisurely fashion. Mm, Meaning like, back. No, like I would ride, so I had the, I had the LA and I would go like, Emmy. you and Shelly were doing, yeah, Emmy. I had just started me. riding with Shelly yeah. in our work yeah. and we like slowly eased into Ruth's and then the top 
And then over the years that just progressed into, yeah, you know, more and more, but at the time of Haleakala and more, more, I don't know. All I remember is I got to two hours of up and I turned around. I was done. I was like, this is the worst freaking ride ever. Yeah. It just keeps going up. Forever. Forever. I was so mad. <laughs> I turned around and I was like, goodbye. Have fun. I don't know how long this is going to take you, oh but I'm goodness. done. It took a long time. I only got okay. halfway up. Um, Janie has a question for you, but before that, will you just explain to everybody, what what do you do for me, Dwelle? Like, I think people know kind of what I do. What are you, what are you doing? How, what's your attitude towards this group and the, and the team? Like, how does it, how does it work at home? Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know that I actually have like this huge active role in the sense of kind of compared to like what you and Chip do. I mean, I'm definitely not managing, um, you know, the guys and, and the feelings and the planning. And, and I feel like a lot of that burden kind of goes to you and Chip. Um, I feel like I just support the group. I mean, I, I do my best to like be an example, um, when I'm out and show up as much as I can. Um, and obviously I support you in the role that you carry for the team. I mean, that's, it wouldn't work if I was like freaking me dwelly, you know, like Mm -hmm. another hat. Cool. Another me dwelly hat. Looks awesome. You know, the hopes you're you're definitely like the glue of the group. I feel like you're definitely like hands down one of the most respected writers in the group. And every single Miduele team member knows exactly who you are. And I think I that they do view you as a leader of the team. I know I've been called like Mrs. Dwelle or Mama Dwelle. Mm-hmm. Um, Mama, that's a, that's a mom many. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I try to like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't necessarily know that I have like a specific role. I just, I just show up. Yeah. And I, ride. I think, I think you have a much bigger role as representing women in the sport more than you realize because every single time I ride with the guys, they definitely bring up how much they love and respect Kristen like hands down always that's what's brought up so I I love to to be there I do love to be in the group and it's been something that's been really fun for me and I don't know if it's always you know with Stu and I being married sometimes I worry that it's like this obligation but um but at the same time like you know, the relationships that we build in this group, I think is just like what makes it special. So just to have that role in and of itself that I, I have a place and I do feel like I've, you know, I worked really hard to earn it. Um, 100%. I got dropped for a really long time mm. and it was really hard, Drop. but you know, uh, I also never wanted a place. And I think I've probably said this to Sue. I don't ever, I never wanted a place just because I was Stu's wife. It was like, I just, I wanted to earn that spot there right. for myself to like, feel like I actually do belong in this group. So, and, and I do feel that way. <clears throat> nice baby. Cool. Yeah. I feel like you did too. I mean, 
So you're, you're an amazing road cyclist. So we know you came from doing a triathlon to road cycling to, I feel like in the last few years, for sure, like gravel and mountain biking has really taken off for you. And now you're kind of like, you have your, you know, set up in all these places, which is so cool to be that diverse as a cyclist. So how did you get into more gravel and mountain biking and how has that changed kind of even in the last, I would say like last year or two? Um, yeah. So mountain biking was like one thing as a kid that if I ever did something with my dad, he, he took me mountain biking a little bit. So it was kind of something that I always like thought of, you know, I wanted to do and then again, when we moved into this neighborhood, I feel like this neighborhood just was like meant to be, but, um, a good high school friend of mine was, uh, just lived up the street and she and her family are just huge mountain bikers. Um, and she was just like, come, I'll take you out. I rode her husband's bike. I borrowed shoes that were too big and probably wore all the wrong things. I fell, I think every single time for at least a year, if not more. But she just kind of was so patient and she just took me out and she showed me the reins and I fell in love with being outside in a different way. Um, something different about the mountains when you're in the dirt like that. And it's very uh, technical sometimes, like you just have to be engaged mentally in a different way. Your focus has to be kind of different. And I felt like it took a lot of the the grind of the road bike, it was sort of this, like, I would go mountain biking to like, that was my break from the road. Mm. It was this like place I could go. I never had, I never knew segments. I didn't know how fast you were supposed to go, how fast I was going. And so I think it just started out kind of like, I feel like everything where it just came from something that I just loved. And then I just kind of, it just pushed me to keep getting better at it. And it's just been something that I have loved getting, like putting the time into. Well, what about, what about gravel? I mean, cause that's been, I, re, well, I remember the ride where Stu showed us your, was it for your birthday or your anniversary? Yeah, birthday. Or, yeah, birthday. It's for your birthday. And he showed us your birthday present, which was this beautiful <laughs> Vento gravel bike. And we were so excited because we knew that you were getting it, but you didn't know yet. Oh man. But you've been crushing the gravel scene. Um, I think that is like the best of both worlds. It's so fun. It's this like always an adventure and you can take it anywhere. Um, the technical stuff that I've learned on the mountain bike has paid off and the ability to go fast that I've learned on the road has also paid off. It's something I really enjoy. Like I love to ride really techie stuff on the gravel bike. Um, but I really actually fell in love or had this dream of gravel just from like fangirling gravel riders that I thought were so cool. Like just a different vibe, you know? Like I thought it was so fun to watch these like legit athletes take something and just not take themselves so serious and just go out and ride it for like the adventure of it. And so it was really appealing. And that's kind of why I was like, I really want one of these. This is a toy. I just want this toy. <laughs> that the n plus one equation i i just need that one i need yeah. that bike yeah, yeah. very yeah. cool yeah um janie to follow up with your questioning 
when she got off her bike at point to point, you were there, Janie, with my children. And Kristen looked me in the eye and said, this was the funnest day of my life. Burn? And and all the effort. (laughs) All the other racers were like coming in 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 coffins, right? And she- It was like a slaughter fest. And she was just like, I would do this every day. I would do, and she, she looked at me, she goes, I don't want to do loaded Joe. I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> Turns out she did it the, the week Turns later. Out she did it a week later. <laughs> but that is but, truly one of my most favorite memories of Kristen, yeah. of her just smiling ear to ear, crossing the finish line, having you, but the girls there and the girls were so proud of her and it was so emotional and Kristen was crying. So therefore I was crying. <laughs> But one of my favorite memories of Kristen. Yeah, it was good. Babe, any other favorite uh, memories from races or, I don't know, anything you've done in the past? Um, all racing? Sure. Or mountain biking? Yeah, all of them. Um, man. I think uh, that first year going to Lodija was definitely a memory. Um not being able to finish and mm. that, that feeling of just like, oh, it was just too much. Um, but it definitely lit a fire of that will never happen. Like I will never not finish something ever. Um, so I think that kind of pushed me into the next couple seasons of kind of just putting my head down and, and training as hard as I could. And I wanted to get the best result that I could. Um, and then and that's when I met you, Kristen, is when you were coming off of that. Yeah. You were yeah. entering this phase of like fire. just showing some true grit and fire. And that is when I first met you. Yeah. And then being able, and then, and what made it better was then Janie came, she moved to Salt Lake <laughs> and all of a sudden these morning rides that, mm-hmm. you know, where I, <laughs> was this solo uh female presence now i had this friend here that just came in and was just crushing the freaking bike off like iron man's and i just had this like i just had this friend and it just made the rides like it just this different feeling of i don't know it was so fun and then to go out and be able to to race lodija together was awesome the women's race in lodija is just such a tough thing Um, you know, you guys sign up and you, you know, you've got eight guys that are your guys, uh, riding with you that whole day. And, you know, when you sign up in the women's categories, you're just kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like you have to, you have to share the story of Lodija last year coming off doing point to point, like Stu said, (laughs) like a week later doing Lodija basically solo. Oh, well, I had, I had. I had taken my, my, my week off training like a week early. So my hope was that I would build and that like the peak of my last build would be Lodija. And so point to point was kind of like scheduled in there as like, okay, this will be like my last training ride (laughs) for Lodija. And I do think it worked. I mean, I probably had some leftover stuff, you know, on my legs for that day, but, um, but man, Lotus just started really hot that year and it was raining no. and, uh, um, you know, I had talked to some of the girls, so sketch. 
about they were going to try and break super early and watching it all, you know, looking back, there's always like things you could have done, should have done. But uh, I'd say the whole day went well. I, I lost some gas as I always do on that KOM climb. Um, it's hot. You, it's just that part of the day. It's like the last bit of climbing in your legs. And, and so I watched the two, three leaders kind of get to that top right ahead of me. And I thought, well, I'm going to catch, I'll catch them on the downhill. But these are the female leaders of the whole race. Well, no. So the, oh. the, the whole race, the pros did the pros broke like before we even got to strawberry. Okay. Um, and so they were already a, a little bit ahead of us. And, um, that was when I lost my sunglasses, when I mm. stood to break with them, my sunglasses flew off mm. and I kind of like, was like, what do I do? Like, do I stop and get them? Oof. Anyway, so oh, at that point, worst feeling. So, so I'd kind of let up. And then that, at that point, those, those girls were kind of like off the front and I couldn't get anybody. Nobody else wanted to chase them down. Like they were just like, we're good. Um, so this was me. Um, and then two other girls in just my category. So it would definitely, it would have been like the one, two, three of my master's 35. Got it. And then I'm not sure what the, I'm pretty sure the other girl with us was a little bit younger, but so we were all together. We left, like I left Montpelier first and then one by one, they kind of, we like regrouped, we rode together. And then it wasn't kind of till the end of that KOM that they just snuck away. And I mm -hmm. thought I would for sure catch them on the downhill, but four against one, I just never caught them. And sweet Janie, every time I'd come in or she'd hang her head out of the car, she would give me this like status update, like, there are two minutes, <laughs> you know, there are four minutes. Like, mm. and I remember leaving Alpine and I just was like, I can, I can catch him. I just wanted to catch him, but I didn't, Yeah. but it was solo. So I bet I did a hundred miles solo. Oh, you did over a hundred miles solo That's with yeah. that crosswind and headwind. Maybe. And it I'm gonna... was my fastest time for Lotus because yeah. I barely missed a sub oh, 10 by like yeah. three minutes. I am going to describe, I don't think that most listeners realize what's happening, what you're talking about. So in my group, Masters 35A, right? 65 participants in that single race. Okay. In front of me, there are four other races going on. The pros, the cat threes, the cat four. And so essentially for any man racing Lotus there is any number of meat sacks out there to attach your bike to. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're not in the front group, uh, marshals are just like, whatever, do whatever you want. Okay. Most of well, the time they're hooking onto our wheels. Yeah. And so what we're describing here is, is all of the women, every single racer, which is less than a hundred, which is like 50 ladies. Yeah leaves at the exact same time and there are like five women races going on so there's the pro category there's the masters 30 guy there's a masters four there's a novice there's a cat five and so they're all racing together but essentially in separate races and it is illegal for the podium women to attach themselves to the men's groups so well i guess what i'm getting at is there are multiple opportunities for 
Kristen dropped off the lead group to just latch on to whoever man is rolling through Afton doing 28, and they uh, whatever, dude, but they don't. The yeah. women who are racing and who, who abide by the rules, she doesn't. they just ride alone and, and it, it is brutal. What's hard is so like is this so last bleak. year, <laughs> yeah, like this last year on one of those just, just awful, flat, never ending pieces. I did pass some me dwellies that were, that were solo mm -hmm. and you know, men. Yeah. That said, Hey, you want to ride? Let's ride. And I was yeah. like, I knew that I was at least in second place. And I was like, absolutely not. I can't. And I remember after that race, you know, one of them came up to me and was like, I cannot believe that you didn't just ride in that wind with me. And I'm like, but, and that's what I mean when I say like the women's race is just such a different beast. Like you just have to be ready to gut out. Yeah. You have to be able a long to day. show some mm -hmm. grit. That is for dang sure. Um, one story I do want you to share though, as we're kind of moving on here, okay. tell, tell us, um, I, I don't want you to like toot your own horn, but a really cool experience happened with our family, uh, when Kristen rode the Huntsman 141 year with Chelsea Wood, and she did it for a sweet, uh, mom that was kind of like a, um, role model to her growing up. Could you tell that story? Yeah. Um, so like I'd said before, my mom, you know, I was in kind of like a single parent home and so my like core group of friends, their parents were like my parents, you know, I mean, they took me on family vacations and sleepovers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when I found out that my friend's mom was suffering from breast cancer and we had the opportunity to ride the Huntsman 140, I decided to raise money and ride for Mary Clifford. Um, and so, and I just like, didn't, you know, like, you do it because I, I didn't, I didn't tie a lot to it. I just, it was just something that I felt like I could do that was really simple and small. And, and so we raced that day or rode that day. And, um, because I raised money, they gave me a Huntsman Heroes Jersey. And so the next day I decided to go over to Mary Clifford's house and just give her that Jersey because she was the one that was fighting. And I, you know, I was just, I just wanted her to have it. And, you know, it just ended up being. Just special. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, her husband followed, uh, followed me to my car and said, you would be surprised how little people show up when something like this happens. Yeah. And the people we thought that would show up, they don't, whether it's like an awkward thing and they don't know what to do or how to help. And, and to this day, <laughs> when I see her, she always brings it up. She brings it up and she would send me pictures. She finished her chemo wearing that Jersey. And it was like something I was doing for myself. You know, I mean, it was like a training ride for Lodija. Um, and it just ended up being like this silly little thing that I could do to like, to help another person who really needed it that I didn't even recognize at the time Yeah. until it was over. 
so yeah it was it ended up being really powerful and you know we already had a bond but it's just a little bit more special nice that's amazing i have never heard that story it was awesome and it really is we sit in front of them at the utah football games and every time we see them doesn't matter mary brings it up so oh, anyway that's so sweet good job baby um, um my next question yeah. i think i think we should do the tell us about being a woman because yeah if we talk it. about riding with the guys it doesn't seem like an appropriate transition <laughs> from that sweet story to <laughs> what it's like riding with you dudes mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe after but i i would love to hear kind of more from Kristen about what it means to be a woman in this sport especially in a you know very male dominant sport or also being like a mother who's an athlete and kind of just your perspective on that yeah um <clears throat> sports have always been such a big part of my life and i would say that they're always predominantly male um you know growing up as a kid I was just your typical tomboy and I don't think, and for whatever reason, whether that was because my parents just were supportive and they never said anything about it or, um, it just like, wasn't a thing that I, that weighed on me. Does that make sense? Like I never really thought that being a female athlete was different than just being an athlete. To me, it was like, I'm just an athlete. Um, and I don't think it was till I got older um that i really kind of felt that sort of that kind of difference in roles that like being a female athlete is something different you know as a kid you're just like i just want to play sports and so i'll play with whoever's playing and that's probably going to be the boys so i think i <laughs> i grew up a lot playing with the boys because they wanted to play soccer at recess and nobody else kind of wanted to do that so i was kind of used to that sort of being part of my life but um, I think as I got older and then especially as I have daughters, um, just, I want them, oh, gosh, I'm the worst. <laughs> um, I guess there's a couple things. I just want them to see that you can, like, you can do all the things, like you can be a mom and you can do a really good job. And you can also take care of yourself and you can be an athlete and you can um, exercise and, and take care of your body and give yourself that time. And at the same time, you can be a spouse and you can put effort and energy into that and do a good job. And, and all the hats and all the roles, like, you know, I think women kind of get tied down to this guilt trip of I'm home and I need to do my kids. And if I take that time away, I should feel guilty for it. And so I, I always try to kind of be this example of like, you know, you have to take care of all the columns. You have to kind of take care of all the pieces of you so that you can be the best you to do all the other things, like be a mom and be a spouse and, you know, all the other things that I have to do all day. So I, I don't think that really clicked until I had kids of how important it was for me to show them. And then on top of that, you know, I think being a stay at home mom, you know, you, you do hard things they're just kind of different you know you're you're raising kids and, and all the things you do as a mom i think are really hard and they're emotional and they take on strain but i think everybody just needs 
that thing that they do that tests them, you know, that tests yourself, like how far can I go? Like how, how much can I do? And cycling kind of just filled that void for me of this is hard. And it, you know, it's one of those things, like I always tell Stu, it doesn't ever feel easier. <laughs> like it's always hard. <laughs> and so, um, you just get faster. It just feels the same. And, and so I think that I really was finally, when I got into that, it, it really drew me into, this is a really good way that I can put myself under, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, it, it's just about me, like um, prove to myself that I can like set the goal, do the work and accomplish the thing. And um, it's just kind of my way of um, working on me, I guess, and trying to like be better and prove to myself I can do these hard things. And then that just trickles down to my girls that you can do the, these things. Yeah. And you guys, you guys even have that extra added piece of it of you guys both being competitive hmm. athletes in the same field who need to train at the same times and do the same rides. And, and it's been fun to watch you guys include your girls in that as well. But I, you're total inspiration to me. I know you are to the guys as well, but it is not easy to be a woman in the sport and to be a mom in this sport. And I think you've been there for me, like as I navigate, you know, this new motherhood phase of my life, but definitely I think that your girls see how much or how passionate you are about cycling and how important it is for you to create that time for yourself still. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to do this together, like for Stu and I, and I think it's a real blessing that, you know, we have this together. Um, because it's funny, I, you know, and I've said this to some of the guys on the team that my perspective kind of, I have this like, this like dual vision of, I know what it's like to be the wife and mom at home. And then, and then I know what it's like to be the athlete who like, mm -hmm needs to train. And, you know, it, it gives me this kind of different perspective. And I think sometimes, you know, talking with these guys having new babies and, you know, they're leaving their wives and, and they're leaving these newborns. And, you know, sometimes it's like, it's a, it's a nice thing to know that I, I have this kind of insight for them of like what their wife's going through. And, and I can kind of chat with them about that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I just think being a woman in sport is just like, it, it's, it's just another thing that kind of takes a little bit of grit. Like you have to be willing to like, be the only one you have to be willing to ride with the boys. You have to be willing to like get whistled at or cat called or not taken seriously because you're a female in the, you know, females in sports or you know, I mean, I think there's just a whole slew of things that can come with that that's negative. Um, and I just feel blessed that I've been in such a great environment where everyone's just like rallied and supported me and now you and honestly, any female writer, I think we want to see all of them success. And, yeah. Nice. Um, you were recently on a women's panel, right? And I think this might be a question that was answered or asked. Uh, and but I, we kind of transition here into our advice from you. But um, one of the things that was asked on the panel was, 
you you have a woman or there's a, a lady that wants to participate, you know, what is your advice for them to get like, I'm not saying like follow your path for being involved, but um, what's the best way to get going on doing this? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting question because um, I think with, with women in sports and especially in cycling, I just feel like there are these, there are so many tiers and I just feel like with men, it's either most of the guys that I know, it's like all or nothing, right? They, they're in it. Um, and a lot of the women that I talk to or, you know, that ask me about, about cycling, it's like, there's this intimidation factor of, well, you know, I'm sure Janie hears it too. Well, I can't ride with you, you know, like, well, I can't show up and, and, and ride with someone like you. So like, what am I supposed to do? Or, um, or they, they, it's so, that's what I'm saying. It's such, such a different thing. You know, I would say to someone, if they, they're looking to progress and get better at this thing, then I think you, you have to find a friend, you have to find a, a team, something that's organized that will kind of get you up and get you going. Um, you know, that's kind of what did it for me. It's like you surround yourself with people who ride faster than you. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I want to ride fast. I don't want to ride slow. Um, so, and that's how it started for me. It was like me and a friend and, you know, we pushed each other to do something bigger and bigger and bigger until, you know, we'd conquered all the canyons and then it was longer rides and, and organically it just kind of pushed us into the next level to where I felt comfortable coming on a Midwelly all men's team ride. I mean, mm. I never could have done that. I remember the first time going up Emmy with the group mm -hmm. of men mm -hmm. dying, like <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to die. And you looked over at me and I think we were just at the blue house, the one that's mm -hmm. been under construction for like a hundred years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just looked at me and you're like, just, just hang on, hang on, like yeah. just hang on. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> um, it's mostly what you just do as a woman who rides with the me doing <laughs> right like you're just like, I'm just hanging on for dear life. But I mean, I couldn't have showed up to that ride and had the mental fortitude to, to, to hang on had I not already tested myself yeah. first by myself and then with a friend. And then it was just kind of this slow thing. And I guess it just depends on where they're coming from and what their goals are. But I, I always just say, you have to throw your hat in the ring eventually. And mm -hmm. so you have to be vulnerable and it goes the same for guys, right? It's like, show up to the team ride. It's not embarrassing to get dropped. It's okay to like not be the fastest. And if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, you'll, you'll just kind of stay in the same place that you are. But, you know, to any women that kind of walk this line of like, well, you know, where do I go? What do I do? And I just say, well, you have to start somewhere. So you may as well just throw your hat in the ring and test yourself and see if it, you, if this is, if this is something that you want to do, you want to, you enjoy pushing and, and getting better and getting faster. I That's think when, advice. so when I, when I moved back to Utah and I was looking for a team to ride with and I wanted to do Lodija and I hadn't, <laughs> I think I had done not even one ride with the team yet. And I knew of Kristen Anderson and I knew that she was going to do Lodija. And I basically just slid into her DMs asking her <laughs> what cat she was signing up for. for Lodija. <laughs> I remember I got a message and I was like, I don't know who this is. And so then I said to Stu, do you know who this person is? 
Um, but then, you know, I think it was honestly like you DM'd me and I swear it was like either the next group ride, Jake was like, hey, my friend Janie's gonna, my friend Janie's yep. gonna um, DM you. And I was like, got it. Now I, got now it. I know, it. now I know who it is. Um, but yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, that was really good advice. Very good. We're going to kind of transition into wrapping up here. Yeah. Um, I would love to know your advice to anybody that wants to be involved with the team. Um, you see a lot of my complaining and not just complaining, everyone, uh, my love for the group. Uh, but what would you say from kind of our interactions with how the team is run that someone gets the most out of belonging to this group? or any team really like cycle team? Yeah. Um, you know, cycling is, I think a very individual sport. Uh, it's really, really easy to put your head down and, you know, hit those numbers and ride by yourself and whatever, all those things are great. Um, but I think if you're, if you're coming to us and if you have come to us, you are looking for something more than I'm writing by myself. Otherwise you wouldn't apply to be on a team. Right. I mean, the word team in and of itself is more than one, right? Um, so I would say <laughs> that, you know, the way that I have gotten the most from this team is to become as much a part of that team as I can be. So group rides um, and not just group rides, like I show up and I'm, you know, a silent sneaker in the back. It's like, those are hours of relationship building opportunities mm -hmm. uh, where you're together. And, you know, I just think that the most, you're going to get what you get, you're going to get what you give. Um, so if you're looking and you're engaged and, you know, you're asking for how can I help or looking for ways to help, or even just like chatting with the guys in the group. And um, it's all about engagement really. And I think that anyone who comes to this group just to get the Jersey, mm. you know, just to say like, oh, I ride for me dwelly because there's so many of them. And, and, and so I'm just gonna pay for the kit and, uh, and then I'm gonna do my own thing. Like that's fine. And I think there's a space for for the team to fill whatever you need it to. But if you want to get something out of it, it's about becoming part of the team. And so that culture is relationships. I think when it, when I think of me Dwelly, I think of the relationships that I have now that I did not have seven years ago. Nice. And, and it's a tight knit, it feels like a tight knit family. Like 100%. I feel like, I feel like I could text the me Dwelly group and say, Hey, does anybody have, blank <laughs> Stuart doesn't know how to fix the toilet Todd you know what you I, like honestly Todd toilet? would probably come to our house and fix our <laughs> toilet but <clears throat> and that comes from that comes from engagement and time and uh thought and all the things that go into a team I mean that's what a team is so that's what I would say is nice you know you have to give you have to show up you gotta show up yeah 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 good again Janie, any questions for her? No, I just, again, I'm your number one fan. Anyone that wants to get involved in the cycling sport, you can slide into Kristen's, Kristen's DMs <laughs> like I did. Slide into my DMs. Um, Kristen, if you could give 
like it, what have you learned from this kind of a question we always end with is uh like what has cycling brought to your life what has it done for you oh so many things so many so many things um i have it, it's all about relationships really i mean if i were to like weigh them in like what i've gained the most i'd say that would be the top uh the people i've met the people i've ridden with um i mean i have friends that like i said i i never I, you just i could never could have imagined um that would be one thing that i've gained and then you know uh i talked about it a little already just um you know this perspective of who i am like uh, what i can do uh something about cycling is different the suffering that comes with it and you're in your head for a long time um you know when you're riding 100 miles in the wind by yourself soaked you have a lot of time that you're just like in your own head and i think you kind of learn a lot about who you are in those minutes in those minutes those hours that you spend in your own head and kind of uh what you're willing to put yourself through <laughs> really yeah. um and, and you know it transfers over into other parts of life of you know well i can do that so you know you gain confidence in who you are because you've tested a lot of things you know you've tested your physical abilities but also your mental ability and uh, your perseverance and um you know even even your ability to rebound and recover and come back from something that maybe didn't pan out yeah. you know i mean you just you learn a lot about yourself your character i think in this sport um and i've also learned about the kind of person i want to be because of the kind of people that i ride around um mm. I like that. You know, I mean, you yeah. are with these guys um, and just the way that they support each other, they support us, uh, you and I as a couple, as a family. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been really special. And I, I'm, I am grateful for that, that I'm not just going out to exercise and like burn cows on a bike. I am going out and, and I really can come home after the hours spent and i can feel like so many boxes have been checked <laughs> and whether that's with our team whether it's with you know mountain bike friends um even with the olympus mountain bike girls uh those kids that group the trikes to trails group teaching little people um how to believe in themselves and and do that thing that's hard and then to watch what you know that outcome of how they see themselves and now all of a sudden they have this look on their face like dude i did that i was super scared and i did that so i would just say that it's made me a better person all around the sport and being part of this team because of who i've been able to to be around and learn from for sure thank you awesome. kristen thank you thank Janie. You. that was great uh Janie, any concluding word love you both thank you very much love you baby blue very love good you. enjoy sun valley i wish i was in sun valley Hey guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye. Bye.